Well, we want to just, we want to welcome everybody this morning. We want to just announce to everybody that you are special. Do you know that? You're special. The Bible even says that you're called and chosen. And even before you were in your mother's womb, the Bible says God knew you and He appointed you. And how many of you believe that His thoughts and plans are to give us a future and a hope? Amen. I, would, I just want to give thanks to the Lord today for all those awesome testimonies. Weren't those awesome testimonies today? What the Lord has done. Do you know what that's a sign? That's a sign that God is moving. And you know what? We need to realize that in every single one of you, God is moving even in your life. We just have to open our eyes and we have to live with a sense of expectancy. You know one thing I used to do? I, I used to be one of those guys that used to come to church and I say, you know, Lord, you're just not doing anything in my life. You're doing everything in everybody else's life. And you know the Lord spoke to me. I, I, I mean, a voice, almost audibly, the Lord spoke to me. He said, Ray, I'm doing lots of things, but you're not listening and you're not looking for them. And I never thought about that. How many of you know that you've got to look for the miracle? You can't just expect. Some, I honestly believe that God was just going to bring it right to my face. And the Lord said, Ray, you've got to have faith. You've got to expect, and you've got to believe. Amen. Everyone say believe. believe. You know, that, that's, that's what we are here. We're, we walk in abundant life because we believe. And I want to tell you, just, just like what happened with Candace and Jerry and so many others, that God is moving by His Spirit. Do you know, because we have a Father who just loves, and He loves to lavishly, just abundantly, exceedingly, loves to just pour out upon you His great grace. He's not a stingy, He's not a tiny, He's not an evil-minded God. He's not a God up there that has a bad attitude. He doesn't even have a bad day. Do you know that? In fact, may I announce to all of you this morning that God is in a good mood. Amen. He's in a good mood, and He really, really likes you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and said, He likes you a lot. <laughs> Amen. We, we, we got to get into that understanding that, you know, we're part of a kingdom where we need to learn to lift our heads up. Amen. You know, one of the things that I want to just share this morning, a great, great friend of mine and a father in the faith, Vince Fischelli, is, is uh, just in the fruit of his labors. He's... Uh, He's written uh, a manual, and it's called Marines for Jesus, and he's going to be selling these out here. And he has uh, made uh, available to everyone a copy of that book in digital form. And he wants you to know about that. And he has been, uh, you know, the, the man's worked on this for years. Vince has worked on it. I've looked at the book. And it's just a blessing. It's really a discipleship. Yeah, Emmanuel, but also his testimonies and what God has done and how the Lord has worked in his journey. And uh, we're just so grateful to Vince. Uh, and he's going to be in the back at the end of the service. Vince, wave your hand, would you? Let, let, stand up, would you? I want to just, amen, give thanks for this man of God. 
You know, the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due, and both Vince and Jeannie are just really a father in this church, father and a mother. And uh, I want to tell you something. If you ever just need a good old grandpa hug or a grandma hug, these are awesome folks to come and just give you the hug. Amen. You know, the Lord's brought them through a lot. Uh, there's been a lot of breaking, crushing in their life. But you know what? There's an aroma of the sweetness of Jesus. Because, you know, God never brings you through anything that you don't come out better in the end. You come out better, you come out stronger. And he's a father who really has the kind of plan. Just like what he did with Larry Hill. i never forget, Larry called me a couple of weeks ago. says, Ray, I, you know, I, I'm going through a little rocky time in my marriage and i got to go back to louisiana i said larry hang on hang on god god wants to do something we prayed and amen we believed and the next day he calls me and says ray you won't believe it god has given a job to me and i i'm able to stand up that 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 was a miracle from the lord i want to tell you something god has just been answering prayer you know i i want you to know he's a god who loves to reward his people you know i i mean i run into so many people i'm not kidding i run into so many people that have come out of places come out of churches where their god is so small and god is so mean and god is so wicked and you know god's just out to get me and he's out to beat me down and he's out to send me to hell you know and just so many people do not know God. They don't know the Lord. Jesus was the extension of the Father. And so we need to believe that. Amen? Well, I am so proud today. We're going to, amen, dedicate my grandson. Amen. And uh, I want Jared and Shannon to come up front here with their little boy, Ethan, our little grandson. And I'll tell you, Ethan has been a joy in our life i want to tell you this kid is ready for six flags of texas he he just i mean there's just something about guys come on up. john kathy can you come up too and carol and david too david oh you're taking the picture okay kim can you come up oh she's in the nursery okay well you know what it's i like these kind of times because you know it's amen this is this is family how many of you know God sets the solitary in family? God never intended that anybody be without family. When we pray over this little fella this morning, Ethan, you know, it's, it's, it has nothing to do with him getting saved. We know that he's got to grow, and we know God's grace is on him till he comes to the age where he can make his own decisions. But we're going to just pray that the Lord will begin to just surround this young man with angels. And we're going to pray that God will give wisdom to the parents. I know that you all know this, but we're, we're living in a time, we're living in a time where times are changing. And you know that the family, the family is almost becoming extinct in our culture. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's, it's not popular today to have shows where you have healthy families it seems like they elevate the single life and celebrate the divorcees and they but they don't celebrate being married so we live in a culture that's kind of going opposite of the kingdom but i, I just want to take this little fella he he my he my grandpa 
Yay. Amen. He's, he's a special boy. Amen. Do, do we have a little resemblance here? Amen. Do you know I, I was... Now, I, I know David, they, they got a little girl, but this is, this is the first Galligan. He's our first Galligan in the Galligan clan, at least. And Amen. Now, we know that he... Uh, also as a Wiggins, and we're just so proud of that family. Amen. Mom and Dad, they're here today. And amen. The family. And so I want to just give you a promise. You know, the Bible says that as we train up our children in the way they shall go, the Bible says they will not depart from it. You know, the Bible also says that our children are like little olive plants around the table. And you know, it says that when we fear the Lord, and when we serve the Lord and we raise our kids in the house of the Lord, the Bible promises that the blessing of the Lord will be upon them all the days of their life. And so, you know, <laughs> amen. Amen. You're special, aren't you? Amen. He's an awesome little boy. He's so full of wonder and he's just discovering things all the time. And, and mom and dad have been doing so good. We're so proud of you, Shannon and Jared. Amen. They're just a blessing. Okay. Well, let's lift your hands. Let's just, just pray. We're going to pray over them today. Yes. Amen. John, would you just pray over them in Jesus' name? In fact, let's get a mic for them. Thank you, Lord. My goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this precious little child. Thank you, Jesus. What a gift from the Lord. Yes. He, he, to talk to. <laughs> Father, we thank you for Jared and Shannon. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And Father, we pray your blessings upon this little baby thank boy. You, Lord. He would grow up knowing you all the days of his life and yes, serve Lord. you, Lord. And Father, that you would have your hand upon him and your angels around yes, about Lord. and protect the Ethan, Lord. And just have your your angels, Lord, just watching over him as he goes to school and you, as he goes to work when he gets older. and He serves you in whatever capacity you have Thank for you, him, Lord. Lord. That his mom and dad, Lord, would just cherish this little baby all the days of his life and yes. their life, Lord. And, and, Lord, that you would just move in a mighty way in their family, not just this family here, but the extended yes, family, yes, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Father, that you would touch the aunts and the uncles, the Thank grandmas you. and grandpas, Lord. Yes. Father, have your hand upon them, Lord Jesus. Use this family in a mighty way for your oh, glory, yeah. Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to dedicate little Ethan to you, Lord. And, Father, we thank you for all the days ahead that you're going to have with him in this house, right, Lord. Right. And that he would serve you in every way possible, Lord, by your Holy Spirit power. Pray for wisdom for Jared and, and Shannon, Lord, as they raise little Ethan. And we just thank you, Lord, for all your blessings in this family. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. And he's an active little boy. <laughs> it's he's ready to go. Word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord thank Jesus. You. Yes. Amen. amen. <laughs> Praise God. He, he wants that mic, doesn't he? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Someday you're going to be preaching on that, baby. Yeah, go for it. Well, we'll have to get another one. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Before you leave, Shannon, I, I, a few 
maybe about a month or so ago, I had a word for Shannon. I, uh, I saw this Lord. little baby, Ethan, as uh, a restorer of the breach. Hallelujah. I saw this, this little boy as a restorer of the breach where there's going to be brokenhearted people that are brought together, back yeah. together Thank you, Lord. because of this little baby. Hallelujah. And I really, I feel there's going to be a ministry in the whole family, but because Thank of the baby, Lord. whoops, he had a little <laughs> throw up there. <laughs> that there's going to be some restoration good, in good. people's lives because of this little baby. And I believe all the days ahead that this little baby boy, when he grows up, is going to have those opportunities to yeah. share the gospel, to see people restored. Good. And that's Good the word I had about a month or so ago, so I just I wanted to share that again with the church. He's a real blessing. Praise Amen. God. Amen. Um, this is just a verse. It's in Psalms 127. I know many of you have heard this, and verse 127.3 says, Behold, behold, that means take a hold of this truth. Hold on to this, that children, children are a heritage from the Lord. It says the fruit of the womb is a reward. And Thank the word Lord. heritage there, that means inheritance. Hallelujah. Um, it's very important that you look at your children as an inheritance. Yes. They are the promise of the Father. They actually are, and it says, the fruit of the room is a reward. There are some things that God gives us that are gifts that we do nothing for. Yeah. But there are some things he gives us that is a reward. And it says here that children are a reward. Hallelujah. That it is a it That's is good. a it's something to point to something that you have strived in and it is a reward it's an accomplishment yeah. that he is giving you and Jared and Shannon Ethan is just I think he is going I would just I would just sing you know tell him he's I, I saw him giving people a revelation of inheritance because that's what was instilled in him like he who, he knew who he was and that's what he was creating. Yes. He's actually going to bring value out Hallelujah. of people that they ne they never thought was even there. But that's because you're going to empower him with that. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Do you receive that? Yes. I mean, praise God. I I think we as parents need to receive that too. Amen. You know, I think it's good to let your children know that they were sent from God and they are our reward. Amen. And you know what? Whatever you speak over your children is what they become. You have the power of life and death, blessing and cursing from your tongue. Whatever you say, God's word very clearly says that today I present before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Everyone say, choose life. Choose life. Amen. We're going to choose. It doesn't matter where you've been. In fact, some of you need to hear this right now. doesn't matter what you've done today, you can choose life. You can choose Jesus. Amen? I want you to take your Bibles for a few minutes. Let's turn to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I, I want to talk to you this morning. Very important. I've been speaking over the past several weeks about being seated in high places. And this morning, I want to talk to you about breaking destructive cycles. 
How many of you know that all of us, where we've come from, how we've been raised, even the churches and ministries and people we've been associated with, have a major part in making us who we are. And some of us have not been raised in the healthiest of backgrounds. Some of us have been raised in very broken backgrounds. Some of us have been raised in situations that were beyond our control. But you know, one thing that Jesus did when He came, and He came and He preached the Gospel, and He made these words so clear, and He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me and has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. To open prison doors, to open the eyes of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. There's a lot of bruised people today. One of the ways you can tell a person is bruised or if they're whole is the tendency, if a person tends to become reclusive, they, they tend to cower back. But people who are whole have no problem, amen being in situations where they can relate with one another. One of the things that you know if you're whole or not is your outlook in life and just the way you're living your life, the choices you're making. God's plan for you is to live a very large life. He wants you to prosper in every way. In order for you to prosper naturally, you must first prosper spiritually you must first prosper even in the area of your heart and your mind. If you have an impoverished soul, if you have a poor soul, if, if the things that you contain in your heart and mind are weak and there's no richness of the Word that dwells in your life, then, then you're going to be an individual that's going to eke through life. You're always going to feel like you're villainized or victimized and you're always going to feel like you're living far below what God could have for you. And this morning, I'm going to talk to you about breaking the cycle of lies. Amen? God wants to do something. I want to start off with a little story that I've read actually before, but I want, I want to start off, and this is a story about a teacher who told a lie to her students. It's, it goes like this. There was a story years ago, an elementary teacher. Her name was Mrs. Thompson. As she stood in the front of her fifth grade class on the very first day of school, she told the children a lie. Like most teachers, she looked at her students and said that she loved them all the same. But that was impossible because there in the front row, slumped in his seat, was a little boy named Teddy Stoddard. Mrs. Thompson had watched Teddy the year before and noticed that he didn't play well with the other children. His clothes were messy. He was constantly in need of a bath. Teddy, couldn't, Teddy could be unpleasant at times, and it got to the point where Mrs. Thompson would actually delight in marking his papers with a broad red pen, making bold X's, and then putting the big F on the top of the paper. Anybody ever have a teacher like that? I'm going to tell you, I'll never forget a third grade teacher, and I've been ruined ever since. No, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's amazing how we tend to remember what people have done to us. It says, at school where Mrs. Thompson taught, she was required to review each child's past records, and she put Teddy's off until the last. However, when she reviewed his file 
she was in for a surprise. Teddy's first great teacher wrote, Teddy's a bright child with a ready laugh. He does his work neatly and has good manners. He's a joy to be around. But his second grade teacher wrote, Teddy's an excellent student. Well liked by his classmates, but he's troubled because his mother has terminal cancer and life at, at home has been a struggle. His third grade teacher wrote, his mother's death has been hard on him. He tries to do his best, but his father doesn't show much interest and his home life will soon affect some of the if some steps are not taken. Teddy's fourth grade teacher wrote, Teddy's withdrawn and doesn't show much interest in school. He doesn't have many friends and sometimes he sleeps in class. By now, Mrs. Thompson realized the problem. She was ashamed of herself and made a decision to change. When Christmas came, the children brought gifts for Miss Thompson. There was a pile of presents wrapped in beautiful ribbons and bright paper, except for Teddy's. His present was clumsily wrapped in a heavy brown paper bag that he got from the grocery store. Mrs. Thompson took great pain to open it in the middle of the other presents. Some of the children started to laugh when she found a rhinestone bracelet with some stones missing in a bottle that was one quarter full of perfume. But she stifled the children's laughter when she explained how pretty the bracelet was. And she put it on and she dabbed some of the perfume on her wrist. Teddy Stoddard stayed after school that day looking up at her with a smile, said to Mrs. Thompson, today you smelled just like my mom used to. And you look real pretty in that bracelet too. After the children left, she cried for at least an hour. On that very day, she stopped teaching, reading and writing and arithmetic. Instead, she began to teach children. Mrs. Thompson paid particular attention to Teddy. As she worked with him, his mind seemed to come alive. The more she encouraged him, the faster he responded. By the end of the year, Teddy has become one of the brightest children in the class. And despite her lie that she would love all her children the same, Teddy became one of her favorites. A year later, she found a note under her door from Teddy telling her that she is still the best teacher he had ever had in his whole life. Six years had gone by, and she got another note from Teddy. Then he wrote that he had finished high school, <clears throat> third in his class, and was still, and she that was still the best teacher he had ever had. Fourth year, four years after that, she got another letter saying that while things have been tough at times, he stayed in school, stuck it out, and would soon graduate from college with highest honors. He assured Mrs. Thompson that she was still the best teacher he had ever had. Four more years passed by and another letter came. This time he explained that he got his bachelor's degree and decided to go a little further. And he thanked her for all of the encouragement over the years. But this time his name was a little longer and the letter was signed Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. The story doesn't end there. You see there was an, yet another letter that spring. Teddy had missed, had met, the, Teddy had met this woman that he was going to be married to, and he explained that his father had died a couple of years ago, and he was wondering if Mrs. Thompson might agree to sit in the place 
at the wedding that was usually reserved for the mother of the groom. Of course, Mrs. Thompson did, and guess what? She wore the bracelet. And the one, uh, with, the one with several rhinestones missing. And she made sure that she was wearing the perfume that Teddy remembered his mother wearing on the last Christmas together. They hugged each other, and Dr. Stoddard whispered in Mrs. Thompson's ear, Thank you, Mrs. Thompson, for believing in me. Thank you so much for making me feel important, showing me that I could make a difference. Mrs. Thompson, with tears in her eyes, whispered back, and she said, Teddy, no, you have it all wrong. You were the one who taught me that I could make a difference. I didn't know how to teach until I met you. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing what God can do and what anybody can do when we kind of take the situation and turn it around and choose to believe the best in people. When we choose to understand that inside of everyone, God has placed great, great grace. In the story of the Samaritan woman, I want you to just turn there. I just want to bring a few points and then I will close. In, in John's Gospel, I want you to see what Jesus does. He, he does some powerful things. And I know many of you have known this. It starts in chapter 4, verse 1, John 4, when the Lord... When the Lord knew that the Pharisees heard that Jesus made baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize but his disciples, he left Judea, departed again to Galilee. But I love verse 4. But he needed to go through Samaria. Now I want you to understand something. Do you know that Samaritans and Jews were not good company with each other? They were enemies. They were actually cousins when you go back in their lineage. But they were arch enemies. Basically, they hated and despised each other. So Jesus, being a Jew, says, you know what? Instead of avoiding Samaria, he says, I need to go through Samaria. How many of you know that when God baptizes you with love, you don't run from people? You run to them. You, when you come to them, you know what you do? You see the best in them. Jesus says, I need to go through Samaria. There's a woman there who's hurting. She's broken. She's full of anger. She's full of bitterness. And notice what the Bible says. Jesus comes. The Bible says, and now there's verse 6, And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, being wearied from his journey, sat down by the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And the woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said, give me a drink. Everyone say that with me. Would you give me a drink? Now, I, I want to just kind of make an announcement to everybody that if Jesus ever asks you anything, get ready for a blowout blessing in return. Because how many of you know God doesn't need actually anything we have? But anytime He ever asks you to trust Him, to surrender something, get ready for a blowout. You cannot outgive God. It, it, you know, it's amazing. People who have a hard time trusting in the Lord, they really don't know how generous and lavish our Heavenly Father is. You know, the one thing the Lord wants to do is He wants to set you free from things and 
He wants to set you free from people and the fear of people. And he wants to set you free from a lot of issues that we just seem to wrestle with. And one of the ways he sets us free is when he begins to put his finger on the thing that we're holding on to, which is our little handicap, and he wants you to just let go. Everyone say, let go. Say it again, let go. It's a day to let go. Boy, I've been holding on a lot. I've been holding on tight. I've been holding on to fear. I've been holding on to stuff. And, and when Jesus says, give me this drink, while wow, Jesus, I'm, he knew what he was going to get in touch with. But all of a sudden, this woman began to let go on him. The Bible says, for the disciples had gone away to buy food, then the woman of Samaria said, how is it? How is it that you being a Jew asked, Me, a drink, a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. This woman already knew that there were walls between the Jews and the Samaritans. You know, it is kind of difficult to talk to somebody that there's a wall between, isn't there? Kind of difficult when there's been walls. How many of you know the devil likes to bring walls between people? But you know what Jesus does? He loves to tear those walls down. And you know what? When you're walking in the love of God, you refuse to allow walls between you. And when Jesus comes and what he does, and he's he's dealing with a... By the way, she was a very religious woman. Samaritans are very religious. She was an angry woman. She was a bitter woman. She was a racist woman. She had some serious issues in her life. And she was also a broken and hurting woman. But I love what Jesus says to her. Because, folks, I I want you to understand that when Jesus came and brought the kingdom, Jesus always comes to just expand his goodness. And notice what Jesus says, verse 10. If you knew the gift, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would ask him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, (laughs) you don't have anything to draw. The well is deep where you... Where then do you go to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well, drank from it himself, and as well as the sons and livestock? Notice she was putting a lot of stock in tradition. Jesus is speaking about something that's much powerful, much deeper. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Everyone say thirst again. There's a, there's a lot of thirsty Christians today. There's people that are even going to church who do not have that well. And by the way, do you know what that well is? It is the power, the presence, the person of the Holy Ghost. When you got the Holy Ghost inside of you, the Bible says it's a fountain, and when you are filled, you are overflow. Everyone say overflow. Do you know God wants you just to overflow with faith and overflow with vision? You're overflowing with life and Wherever you go, you change the atmosphere, you create power, you create love. The walls come down. Why? Because you are not walking in the fear of the past. You are not bound by the fears of the past, by the issues of what your parents did to you. You're not villainized or victimized because greater is He who is in you than he that's in the world. The Bible says He places His Spirit inside of you. And Jesus said, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will be in him a fountain and out of his bellies will flow rivers of living water springing up into everlasting life. 
Then verse 15, the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. <laughs> wow, everyone say, give me. Praise God. Give me this water. I mean, Jesus just gets her right there. How many of you know the Lord loves to set you up to bless you? It's called a setup. Now, a lot of you are afraid of being set up by preachers and churches. A lot of us, they come to church, man, the walls are high. And, well, I wonder what this preacher's going to do. I wonder how they're going to corner me today. Guess what? No one's going to corner you. No one's going to attack you. All we're going to do is just love you. How many, how many of you would just like to be tackled with the favor of God? Just tackle me, Lord. With the, you know the Bible says Deuteronomy 28, but the children of Israel still didn't get it. He says, if you will hearken unto all these commandments that I say, and if you will be diligent, if you will obey them, he says, all of these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. How many here have ever had to tell God, Lord, just stop blessing me? I have, you, you just, you ble- you're just blessing me way too much, God. Lord, I can't handle any more of your goodness. You've just been filling my barn so full. You're just blessing my family too much. The increase keeps, God, I can't handle. I'm drowning in your favor. Deuteronomy 20, you ought to read it. God was telling his people, I will make you the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. God was trying to help the children of Israel who had a serious problem with fear, had a serious problem with a lot of compulsive disorders and issues and just plain dumb baggage. And you know what? God was trying to raise them up to be in the very likeness of who he is. And so when Jesus comes on the scene with this angry, bitter, hurting, broken woman who's full of fear, by the way, she was ready for a fight. How many of you have ever run into a Christian that was ready for a fight? You just want to say, chill, chill. Everyone say, chill. Chill. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into hug-ins. I don't know about you guys, but I just like hug-ins. I like to hug people. I like to love people. I like to let them know, you know what? We don't have to be enemies. We don't have to have walls between us. We don't have to be like this woman at the well who's thirsty. Do you know we live in a generation that are thirsty for love? By the way, do you know that you were created to consume And you know what? You are drinking and you are feeding at some kind of fountain. I was talking to a man this past week. He's drinking out of the fountain of pornography. Talked to another individual this week. They're drinking out of the fountain of alcohol. And guess what? Those kind of fountains will always leave you empty. You know why it's going to leave you empty? Because you... We're created in the image of God, and you were created for much better things than that. You were created in the likeness of God to be in His likeness, to be overflowing with His nature and His goodness. You were created for that. You were not created for garbage. You weren't created to drink out of the toilet of sin. He created you for something much better. You don't have to be dependent on drugs. 
You don't have to be dependent on pain medication. You don't have to be dependent on, on people's approval. Here's a woman who was not only an adulterous woman, but she gave up on marriage because Jesus said the man you're living with is not your husband now. So she gave up on marriage. Here was a woman who was burned out. She was tired. She gave up on life. But aren't you glad that when you're burned out and you're tired, Jesus knows the right time to just step in and He begins to give us His grace and His mercy that we don't even deserve. And not one time does Jesus highlight the problem. But what he does do is he deals with the root, he deals with the wall that is separating her from the blessing of God. Let me tell you four things that Jesus does when, in response to her, her reaction to him. Number one, Jesus said, Do you, I, I, want, I want you to get to know me. Because there's some things I want you to know about me i got a gift for you. Not only do I have a gift for you, you know what? I want to I honor you by dishonoring, by disarming you. Everyone say, honor by disarm. God's going to honor you by disarming you, by showing you how good He is. You know what Jesus said? I'm going to give you a gift, and by the way, I want to set you free. I want you to come into the freedom of knowing what it is and how to ask. Everyone say ask. He said, if you only would ask of me, I'd give it to you. Jesus did not say, if you would first straighten up your life, if you would get your act together, then I'd bless. That's not what he said. Jesus said, I know you're broken, you're hurting, you're burned out, you're worn out, and you're thirsty. I just wish you would ask. I only just wish you would know who's standing in front of you. I wish you would begin to change the way you think because what I have to give you is not only going to meet your need, but it's going to change your outlook, give you a better outlook, and give you a vision and purpose for your life. Not only that, what I give you is going to make your life count for something. Your life is going to count. It's going to matter. Then Jesus kind of throws a curveball. How many of you know sometimes Jesus throws a curveball at you? But his curveballs are good ones. He says, go get your husband. Now, where did that come from? We're talking about living water and satisfying thirst and meeting needs and He's, disarm, he's honoring me and letting me know he has great things. He wants to say, and then he throw, go get your husband. I don't want to talk about my husband. I don't want to get, I don't want to deal with men. Go, go get your husband. You know what Jesus realized is when you live a life of shame, shame is what keeps you from receiving. You see, when you are bound with shame, and there are so many people today, you know, they can't even come to the house of the Lord and rejoice because shame, shame covers their life. Let me tell you why there's shame. They're ashamed because there are secret, hidden things that they don't know how to deal with. 
Shame is the result of believing a lie. Shame is the result of believing a lie. And when you begin to believe lies, you begin to skirt the truth. You avoid people. You, you, you run because of shame. What Jesus does here, he says, I want you to go get your husband. And she, her reaction is, I, I don't have a husband. I, I, I don't have a husband. I mean, she, she, uh, she tells a half-truth, but she's really telling a lie. And Jesus said, oh, you did right. You said right. You don't have a husband. The guy you're living with right now is not your husband. I mean, she is stunned by the prophetic knowledge that he has. By the way, do you know, church, do you know that's why we are a prophetic people? Because you know what? The Bible says that when we begin to walk in the prophetic, I'm not talking about the pathetic. I'm talking about the prophetic. When you're walking in the prophetic, the Bible says that unbelievers will be astonished by the knowledge that you have, the wisdom that you have. And the Bible says literally in 1 Corinthians 14 that they will fall down and say the Lord is glorious and great because the Lord, because here's the thing. When you begin to move in the prophetic, what it does, it highlights the fact that you are special in his sight. When someone begins to read your mail, it highlights the fact that you are special to him. And when that woman began to realize, wow, Jesus knows everything about me, here's the reason. You're never going to come and drink until you know that the Lord receives you and is willing to bless you in spite of your sin. You'll never drink. You'll never drink. You'll never come and really receive. You'll never move into that next level until you know that in spite of your sin, he still wants to give you living water. You see, Jesus didn't put conditions on it. All he says, I want you to know me. I have a gift for you. And here's the reason. Jesus is interested in change, by the way. He wants to break the cycle of defeat in our life. But the only way he does that is when he begins to lavish us with his grace. We need to be baptized in his goodness. How, how many of you believe that? And today, I believe the Lord is breaking lies. He's, he's breaking, he's, he's breaking that, that shame off of people's life right now because here's, here's the word. He wants you to come boldly to the throne of grace in the time of need to receive mercy. And some of us this morning, we need to be delivered from shame. The Lord wants to lift you from shame. How am I set free from shame? Is when you begin to let go of the lie and begin to embrace the truth the bible says i no longer call you slaves but sons i embrace you as sons i'm going to stop walking in the fear of man i'm going to stop living below god's greatest and highest for my life i'm going to start embracing this high calling in god in christ jesus you know we serve a good god Jesus came to give us life, abundant life. Four things in closing. I want you to write this thing down. Number one, we got to get real with ourselves. Amen? Everyone say, get real. I got to get real. That means I've got to confront, take ownership. Number two, I got to 
begin to receive the love. I need to start drinking of His promises. I need to let go of the lie. Number three, I need to renew my mind in the freedom of the truth. I start, I, how, do, how do you do that, Pastor Ray? I begin to walk in the newness of the fact that I belong to Him. I'm a son of God. I have a new DNA in my life. And my past is covered with the blood of Jesus. And the last thing is this. And what is so important is you've got to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus needs to become Lord. What, what is Lordship all about? Lordship is about putting an umbrella of favor and blessing on your life. You know the purpose of His authority in your life? It's not about the Lord just to control you. No, when I'm under His umbrella of authority, I have protection, I have favor, I have the blessing of God on my life. Now that doesn't mean that bad things may not happen to me once in a while, but there's a promise that He will be with me, He will walk with me through the fire, He will walk with me through the flood, and he promised, as the Bible says this, that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Amen. We serve a good God. I'm excited about Jesus. And you know what? God is here to break the cycle of lies, lift the shame off your life, renew your vision, renew your understanding. You're a better father today. You're going to be a better husband. You're an awesome wife. You're great parents. you got awesome kids. You're walking in heavenly places. You're living from a place of victory. You're not, you're not trying to get there. You've already been translated. You've already been transported there by the blood of Jesus. Amen? I want you to bow your heads with me. Maybe this morning you say, Pastor Ray, <laughs> I need a fresh start in the kingdom. I need to let go of some things. I've been like this woman at the well, and I've had a lot of things in my life, and I need healing, deliverance. I need freedom. I want to receive all that he has. I no longer want to allow things to hold me back. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand this morning. Raise your hand this morning. Pastor Ray, I need prayer. Okay, I see that hand. See that hand. Anybody else? I know the Lord wants to do something much more. He wants to take me higher this morning. Amen. And let's everybody stand to our feet this morning. Amen. We have, some, we have a prayer team down here. And I feel that if you need prayer this morning, I want you to come down and I want you to be prayed for. We're going to lay hands. We're going to anoint you. We're going to pray over you. And we're going to see God do a wonderful work in your life. You know, the Bible says that he who has begun a good work will be faithful to complete it. Amen? And he's doing a good work right now. Just like he did with that woman at the well. He did not seek to embarrass her or shame her. He sought to set her free. Anytime God sets you up, it's to help you, set you free, and take you to a higher place. Everyone say higher place. Higher Amen. We have a God who wants to take us higher. Amen. I want you to lift both hands right now. Everybody lift both hands. Father, we're coming higher. We love you, Lord. We come to you. We release 
those things that held us down. We receive Your goodness and Your grace. We are sons and daughters. We are, uh, we are treasured. We're blessed and chosen. And we give You the highest praise. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hat. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I also feel this, that there's someone else. You need the joy of the Lord back in your life. The enemy has just come to kill, steal, and rob your joy. And I feel you need to be down here. We want to pray over you this morning. It may not be that you've done anything sinful or wrong, but the joy, you just kind of got burned out. You need to be prayed for. Someone needs a touch from God. The Lord wants to touch you with a fresh anointing this morning. If that's you, I want you to come, okay? Amen. Other than that, I want to bless you in Jesus' name. Huh? Okay, my son has a word here. Come on, come on up, Dave. Amen. My son, David, has a word of knowledge here. If anybody has a, you have a soreness in your left wrist. I don't know if, if there is anyone here, but earlier on I just kind of felt that. And I don't know if what it, what it is, if it's a, a carpal tunnel or something, but, or maybe broken. You got hurt. You got hurt, and it didn't fully restore. But it's the left wrist. And if you have that, I would just like to pray with you this morning. Any, anybody, anybody with a left wrist. You're a precious woman. The Lord has a great work. He's come here this morning to release your. It's it's not it's 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 just it's it's not even like it's not a ma- it some it might even just be it's it's a small annoyance. It's just kind of an annoying thing. Okay. Draw close to me in prayer. Want you to draw close, and I want you to know I've come to remove the shame and the stain of the past. I come to.